0: so excited to start this podcast, a way for me to share my learning with all of you. I've been interested in project-based learning for a while, but I haven't really spent the time to research and understand what PBL really means. I had some ideas, and I knew I wanted to incorporate student voice and choice, culturally responsive practice, and ideas from some of the great texts I've read over the past couple years, like Culturally Responsive Teaching in the Brain by Zaretta Hammond, And for White Folks Who Teach in the Hood by Christopher Emden, who both talk a lot about the importance of getting student buy-in by using their interests, cultures, and authentic learning to engage students and create more independent learners. As part of my current coursework for my admin licensing program, I recently learned that one of the standards for administrators is about demonstrating innovative practices and pursuing new and more effective approaches to support your own learning. I feel like this is a growth area for me. There is often so much to do. I don't usually take the time to read new research or take on current learning. I'm committed to trying to do better and will read at least an hour a week and then share my learning with you. So because Crestwood is really taking on this idea of project-based learning, I thought that could be my first podcast. And I recently read an interesting article That explains the main idea I'm trying to figure out. What is different about project-based learning versus just doing a project? That will be today's topic. John Spencer, the teacher who talks a lot about PBL, says we should start with the question, what do we want students to learn, and let that drive the process and the product. The Buck Institute explains that doing a project is like having dessert, and PBL is like a main course. So a project is an add-on to the traditional instruction. It's at the end or alongside of the unit, whereas PBL is instruction integrated into the project. The project is the unit. A project follows the direction of the teacher, and project-based learning is driven by student inquiry. A project is focused on the product, what are students going to create at the end? Whereas project-based learning is focused on the product as well as the process. The process is more important than just the product. A project is often unrelated to standards and skills, according to the Buck Institute. I think at Crestwood, we've tried to relate the project, when we've done it, more to standards and skills, um, which is aligned with project-based learning. A project can be completed alone, and uh, project-based learning involves collaboration with students and in-class guidance from the teacher. And in our current virtual world, it could involve in-class guidance um, virtually during Zoom. The project, just a project, usually remains in the school world. But project-based learning has a real-world context and application. And the in when we're talking about just a project, the end result is usually displayed somewhere in the classroom. Whereas project-based learning has the results of that project shared beyond the classroom with a public audience. So I feel like at Crestwood we've done some, we've used some of the elements of project-based learning. Um, but certainly not all. One of the things we need to think about is how to use standards when we're doing project-based learning. So when we think of project-based learning, we think of it as fun, but we also wanna think about how can we embed the standards so that we're keeping the rigor strong while we're integrating student interests and culture and fun into learning. So as we think about standards, Um, John Spencer says, we need to think about where's the authenticity in the standard? Where outside of school might a student actually practice the standard? Um, And how does it fit with other standards? I think that's something that some of us at Crestwood have certainly done, um, especially in our pilot project the past few years in fourth and first grade, thinking about where is the student voice and choice and how does the standard fit with other standards? Do students get to choose their own topics and do they get to choose their own format? Ultimately, when standards are connected, students are able to master the standards at a deep level while also engaging in meaningful work and powerful projects. If we say, say we want students to become critical thinking, lifelong learners, we need to provide projects that encourage them to engage in creative collaboration. And that's what John Spencer says. Um, Collaborating is key, and if we connect our projects to the standards, then the project is the learning, as opposed to something that is done after the real learning has taken place. So one of the things he talks about is in order to plan a project-based learning unit, there are three steps to take. First, you need to identify the desired results. What is it that we want students to know and be able to do? Number two, determine the assessment evidence. So what kind of rubric are we planning to use to determine whether they've actually mastered those standards? And then three is plan some learning experiences. It's really interesting to me to think about how we go about planning these units when we're trying to give students voice and choice. So we cannot plan everything until we know our students. But what we can do is think about what is it we want students to know and be able to do? How will we assess that? And then what are some options of experiences that we might um use as projects and and then depending on who our students are and what they bring to our learning environment we can make modifications john spencer says what we are trying to do with project-based learning is rearrange things so that we honor student voice and choice and the key is to tap into content neutral standards Um, which means that students could choose skateboarding or fashion or history or video games, and they're still learning the same standards, which would be those discrete skills in reading and writing. That is an interest-driven approach to project-based learning, and that is a lot um, of what allows for student voice and choice, if it's interest-driven. And that is... um, one way that you can do project-based learning. There is another um, kind of project-based learning that John Spencer talks about, which is product-driven, which is where students have tight guidelines on the format, but looser guidelines on the topics. So in this situation, the emphasis is still on creating that product at the end, um, but it's focused on making, making that product, which, uh, one example I think is like a tiny house project where students will be creating their own tiny house. So they have to, um, do it in a certain way. There are some guidelines, but they can also be super creative with it. And then another kind of project-based learning that John Spencer talks about is problem-driven, which is where there's a specific problem or challenge that students must solve. And to me, that um, it would be something like, perhaps, um, how do we attract more butterflies to our butterfly garden? Or how can we um, do a better job of composting in the lunchroom? So where we're really thinking about a um, a meaningful problem that connects to students' lives that we could solve, and then we need to think about which standards would they be learning as they did that. So those are the kinds of project-based learning that John Spencer talks about, and a little bit about how we might begin to plan a unit, as well as the difference between a project and project-based learning. Thanks for listening to episode one of my podcast, and I'll be back again and share with you next time.